Sorry to waste your time. No problem at all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. That is frightful. Dum da dum, delightful. Hey, Lincoln 30 to dispatch. 8030, go ahead. Yeah, that's a wild goose chase over here at Nakatomi Plaza. Everything here is okay. Over. But nobody has no place to go. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yes, uh, all I ask for, all I need is someone that I can believe. You know, we should all be asking that. Hey, I opened up with the scene from uh, Die Hard, and just in case uh, you guys wonder if I actually read the emails that you guys send to ed, edhoffman.net um, in response to my show, um, ask Steve Snipes. Uh, so that was his suggestion. And you know what? Steve didn't say, hey, this would be a great opening for a Christmas show. He didn't say uh, exactly what he thought. But, you know, I watched. He uh, suggested this. Hey, welcome to the party, pal. And uh, and uh, and I suspect, being a listener of the main event, that he thought the same thing I did. Hey, you know what? We're looking over here at America, and uh, everything seems fine. It's a false alarm at Nakatomi Plaza. Nothing happened here. Until all of a sudden a uh, body comes from the top of a, of a high-rise and lands on the windshield of your car. Whoa! Welcome to the party, pal. That's kind of what we are here. Hey, all the Democrats out there going, oh, Biden's doing a fine job. And Pelosi's saying he's just perfect for America. Him and Vice President Harris are just perfect. And all of a sudden, whoa, we're in wars. Whoa, we got people from Afghanistan committing uh, uh, heinous crimes. We got we got people from down at the border. We got everybody in our neighborhood. Whoa. Welcome to the party, pals. Hey, thanks for that suggestion, Steve. And uh, that song was Someone to Believe from Damn Yankees. Um, You know what? Uh, There was a time when a man uh, stood by his promises. There was a time when uh, the president said something. You could believe it. Um, That time is not now. So anyway, I'm going to talk about all kinds of stuff going on this week. 
and my opinion of it. And before I do, in case you don't know me, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager, Planet Home Lending. Uh, if you're interested, involved, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and it's getting trickier now that the rates are going up and the prices prices seem to be uh, slowing down on their upward uh, climb. Um, there's a there, it's a little trickier, but there are fantastic opportunities if you know how to find them. If you want, if you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, dear night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. Um, if you're, in, if you want to talk to me about real estate and financing, uh, whether that's, uh, to refinance a property, a piece of property that you already own, or whether it's to, uh, purchase a property you'd like to own and whether that property is in California or one of these states, and listen to the list, it just got longer. Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, Virginia, West Virginia, Indiana, Illinois, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana. I think that's uh, 19 states now. If you want to if you want to say, hey, I'm trying to get out of California. You know, I don't understand loan officers that, that are only licensed in California. Well, I only do business in California. Yeah, well, a few years ago I said, hey, I see people, uh, I see I see the writing on the wall. People are, are uh, you know, are tired of Gavin Newsom and his BS, and uh, they're, they're thinking about retirement. And what's the biggest group of, of clients out there now, baby boomers and being a baby boomer myself and kind of on the, on the tail end of it. Um, I just turned 60. Um, we're at retirement age and you know what, with the prices of, of real estate, the way they are in California, um, it's an opportune time. If you're, if you're thinking about enjoying one of those other States, it's an opportune time to, uh, to take advantage of those high prices. Um, but you know, it's not always, it's not always as, as, uh, as, as plain, as plain black and white as you think, because, you know, a lot of you guys have rental properties You say, Hey, I don't want to sell them. I don't want to sell them because look at the capital gains I'll pay. Yeah. But look, if you wait, look, if you wait, so you say, I'm going to, I'm going to have $200,000 in capital gains. So you're going to pay about I don't know, um, 60 grand of capital gains on that. I'm using round numbers and I, my numbers could be off. Um, so you got 60,000 or you could wait and then find out the price of your house went down 60,000 and then still have to pay 40,000 in capital gains. So it's an opportune time for you guys to start looking, paying attention to what's going on. But, uh, again, if you want some advice, 855-640-2020. But if you want to talk on the phone, or if you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet Home Landing logo, and uh, that'll take you to my lending page. Put in put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and I will uh, I will get back to you, or one of my talented team members will get back to you, and we'll uh, help you find the missing piece to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, also, reverse mortgages. If you guys are over 62, or one of, one of the two spouses is over 62, that is a freaking unbelievable, unbelievable financing program. Um, and you say, well, you know, I don't really want to sign my house over to the bank. You're not signing your house over to the bank. Anyway, if you want more information, if you want to fully understand it, 855-640-2020 or uh, at Hoffman.net. Click on the Planet Home Landing logo. If you want to hear any part of the show repeated, stay on at Hoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well, well as several past shows. 
and you could uh, listen to it on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can uh, subscribe for free and have it download once a week. We uh, record on Friday mornings. It'll upload on Friday afternoons, and it'll download to your uh, to your device somewhere a few seconds or a few minutes after that, and uh, so you can listen to it on demand anytime you want. So uh, can make it as make it as convenient as possible. All right. Uh, if there's any part of the show you uh, want to make comments on, um, email me to ed at edhoffman.net. And uh, I think that's I think that's uh, all I need to say before we uh, go on to uh, what's happening in America. So uh, let's talk about let's talk about what we've learned in the last week. So we already know that the Biden administration was quietly flying migrants around the country last year in the dead of the night, uh, thanks to reports from the New York Post and Fox News. Interestingly, the flights reportedly stopped in October after the word got out. Oh, we got caught. Sorry, we better. Stop. We weren't really going to continue them anyway. We just, we just, we were done. That was the tail end of it. Yeah, right. We got caught. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got caught. All right. And you know, uh, we learned. Uh, I told the story last week about uh, that. We learned that uh, they had a whole whole uh, bunch of, uh, of refugees at the Pomona Fairgrounds and that we're paying a, a gazillion medical professionals to sit on their butt um, just in case and chefs to make sure that they've got gourmet food around the clock. And uh, you know who pays for that? Us taxpayers. Um, so now we're, now we're knowing, knowing more about this. All of this stuff happened a few months ago, but it's just coming out and we're seeing the truth. You know what? All I ask for is someone that I can believe. Um, we haven't found that person yet, except for maybe uh, the guys that, that are uh, that are uh, getting these this information from the Freedom of Information Act. So now there's new fo- footage showing how haphazardly the administration carried out their mission. A 51-minute video obtained via the Freedom of Information Act request by Rob Astorino, a Republican official in Westchester County, New York, showed body cam footage from Westchester Police Sergeant Michael Hamborski, uh, who was called to provide security on the tarmac at Westchester County Airport last year on August 13th. Hamborski's footage includes um, Hamborski's footage includes conversations with the government contractors on the tarmac who were hired to assist the supposedly underage migrants moving from charter buses to Boeing 737 planes in the dark at night, or vice versa. Um, from the planes to the buses. So the question, the question is, is, or one of the things that we're talking about is these underage kids. But if you saw the video, because I'm going to play the audio of it, but the, the body cam collects uh video. And if you saw the videos on TV, these kids don't look like underage, underage, uh, migrants. They look like, uh, adults, single male, um, up to no good, uh, people that came over illegally. So in Hamborski's conversation with the contractors, he expresses frustration that the local police were given no information about the flights arriving after curfew at the airport, which is a breach of security protocols. And it sounds like the contractors were just as frustrated. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Good, how are you? Not too shabby. Where, where's this going tonight? Uh, no, no. Actually, it's up to them. I don't know. We're going to the first stop, Delaware, then we're up for Virginia. Delaware and Virginia with this set. How many on this? 30. 30 total? You're on a, a secure facility here, and, and we don't really know anything, and we're in charge of security. So. Yeah, we're hanging out here on the tarmac, just yeah. like that. I used to pick up basketball teams that had more security. Yeah, 100%. 
Only some of the contractors appear to know where the planes are going. Uh, the police hired to do this. The security uh, don't know where the planes were going. Contractors last line, I said, I used to pick up basketball time, basketball teams that had more security than this. Um, you know, these are just illegal immigrants coming into our country and secretly being spread around our neighborhoods. You know, some of them go to Westchester County, New York. Some of them probably went to Ontario, California, and some of them probably went to LAX. And maybe just to go into smaller area airports, maybe into Palm Springs Airport, maybe flying into uh, San Bernardino uh, Airport, formerly Norton Air Force Base, and maybe dropping into March Air Force Base. So we only know where the body cam footage came from, but but uh, don't be uh, don't be uh, fooled that Nakatomi Plaza is nothing going on here. It's a false alarm. This is not a false alarm. This is happening all over the country because how many how many people did they bring in? How many people have gotten past uh, the the uh, the southern border? Um, we don't know how many people have gotten past, but we know how many people went through uh, uh, went went through the border patrol and just got let in, and that was probably uh, over two million. So I don't have the numbers right. We know, but I just don't have it right in front of me. So uh, next, another government contractor speaks to Sergeant Hamborski about the secrecy of the mission. And who's that by? DHS? Yes. Yeah. Technically, we're not supposed to show IDs or anything like that. Like I said, everything's supposed to be hush hush. Well, no, I gotta take my shoes off when I go on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> these, these guys are these guys are grabbing bags and going on buses. You got 150 kids. Yeah. We don't try to go. Like I said, a lot of this is just. No, I, I get it. I just like I said. Stuff that we don't tell people because what we don't want to do is attract attention. We don't want the media. Yeah. Like we don't even know where we're going when they tell us. Yeah. Obviously, I mean this yeah. guy. This guy's driving a bus to Virginia or Delaware. He didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I realized that you know the 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 tape, the video, the the sound is not super clear for the radio, but. Um, but it does give some more reality to it. But I'll, I'll point out a couple of things that this contractor said. We're not allowed to have our picture taken when we get on the base by order of DHS. We've got 150 kids. We don't, we don't tell them where they're going. We don't tell them where they're going. Like I said, a lot of this is down low stuff. We don't tell people because what we don't want to do is attract attention. We don't want the media, like we don't even know where they're going when they tell us. So they got they got uh people got getting onto planes. They land somewhere. There's bus drivers on the other end, and we don't know where we're picking them up to take them until they until they tell us right before we take off. We're going to Virginia and and Delaware. Yeah, I wonder if they're parking them in uh in Joe Biden's basement. That would be a good place. So uh and finally, Hamborski uh, gets some female employees standing nearby to say uh to say what happens to the supposed kids that don't look like kids once they get off the plane but one of the contractors isn't done speaking his mind about what's going on and, and what happens when they when they go on the bus they're meeting with specific people okay get the whole secrecy and all this but this is even about my yeah you know what i mean and why you know why? You know why? Yeah, I know, but why? Why? Yeah. No, but uh, what's what's the big secret? Everybody knows it's happening. You know why? 
Okay, so I'll uh, give you some highlights of that one just in case you couldn't understand it or you haven't seen it on TV. Hamborski says, and what happens when they go on the bus? They're meeting with specific people. And then the female employee says, parents, sponsors, it's either a family member or a friend or a fam- or friend of a family member. And then the uh, the male contractor says, I get the whole secrecy and all that excrement, but this is above my effing pay grade. You know, and what the F, you know what I mean. Hamborski says, and why? Uh, you know why? And the co- you know it's almost like Hamborski wanted to knew he was getting this on uh, on body cam. And the contractor says, you know why? Look who's in office. That's why. Come on, come on, man. Hamborski said, well, what's the big secret? And the contractor says, you know why? Because if it gets out, the government is betraying the American people. Hey, you know what? People are getting are starting to get this. I don't know what took them so long. Why didn't they get it before November eighth last year? Might have been, uh, might have been. Of course, we know, we know it didn't happen on November eighth. It happened on November 9th. Uh or no, yeah, November 9th at the early wee hours of the morning when they uh, altered all the votes. Um, and didn't really the. I don't believe that the majority of people even voted for Biden. Uh, oh, I know. It's am I supporting that big lie thing? Yes, because it was a big lie. The whole election was a big lie. You guys all know it. Every every conscious person in this country knows it. So uh, the next side, the next side of uh, next new thing we got to see in Biden this 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 uh, week, on top of uh, that, uh, he tells us one thing. And it's what something else is, it's, but there's something so much different going on. Uh, we have no more president, Mr. Nice Guy. So much for the return of civility as Joe Biden continues to show his campaign pledge to unite all Americans was an empty promise. This week, President Nice Guy barked at Fox News. Fox News' Peter Ducey again. It happened as reporters were being ushered out of Biden's press conference Monday, uh, which he ended by saying that they should stop asking questions about Ukraine and stick to the economy. Because, you know, they didn't tell me what to say on the on the Russia thing, so I only have answers for the economy. So Ducey shouted this question about inflation as they're walking out the door. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a Yeah, so he said, uh, oh, so, so Deucey said, do you think, do you think inflation is a political liabilities? Is a political liability and, and, uh, and, uh, Biden says, yeah, and, uh, inflation is an asset. You stupid little son of a And, uh, and you know, it, you know, you can you can find this experience in the movies, you know, as as I say in my book, you know, you get to learn by other people's experience by watching the movies. This is a perfect, perfect little uh, perfect little scene from A Few Good Men as as uh, Lieutenant Caffey is 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 uh, throwing throwing uh, Jack Nicholson's words right back into him and and, and painting him into a corner. You snotty little. So kind of the same thing that uh that uh. Colonel Jessup said, you know, you snotty little as he's uh, being painted into the corner. So within a few hours of the story spreading like wildfire and Peter Ducey apparently was out of the room when he said it, didn't even know it till he, till some of the other people said, did you hear the president called you a, a stupid little, stupid little son of a, and, uh, and he had to go on, uh, he had to Google it to see it, to see what he really said. Within a few hours of the story spreading like wildfire, Peter Ducey gave an update on Hannity. 
uh, within about an hour of that exchange, he called my cell phone and uh, he said, it's nothing personal, pal. And we went back and forth and we were talking about uh, just kind of moving, moving forward. And I made sure to tell him that I'm always going to try to ask something different than what everybody else is asking. And uh, he said, you've got to. And that's a quote from the president. So I'll keep doing it. So again, do you, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's saying, Hey, you've got to, I think, I think that Biden doesn't like being confronted. He doesn't like being confronted because he's not prepared and it makes him look stupid. But I think, uh, even in his, uh, his 80 year old brain, um, I still think there's some working cells in there. And, uh, and I think he's, He's actually showing some respect when I think he's gaining respect for Peter Ducey. Reminds me of a scene from uh, Iron Man. Is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, is it too much to ask for both? They say the best weapon is one you never have to fire. I respectfully disagree. I prefer the weapon you only have to fire once. That's how dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. Yeah, so I think, uh, is it better to be feared than respected? Um, I don't think the president fears fears Peter Ducey, but I think he, he is getting gaining some respect, as as I would say Peter Ducey is gaining some respect from uh, the rest of conservative America when they see him uh, actually stay on on Biden's case and uh, ask, the, ask the questions that we're all, all hoping. Um, I saw an interview with uh, some some lady um, named Doreen on uh, on um, Jesse Waters show, and I'm and I'm saying he's talking to him and this this lady Doreen who speaks with a, a voice about as low as mine and uh, has an Adam's apple, um, but her name is Doreen and uh, and she, so you know figure out figure out uh, she, apparently she's a tranny and that's not something that helps you shift your car, so uh, so. Uh, they're talking about how she's her organization is uh, is pushing for people not to go to work. And she goes, well, I still work. I work about 25, 25 hours a week. I think that's a good work week. And uh, and what I wanted Jesse Waters to ask is, hey, let me ask you, Doreen, where do you live? So she could say, well, I live with my parents. Well, how that's going to how's that going to work out? 30 year olds living with their parents. Um, working 25 hours a week, just going online on your computer. I think, uh, I think our, uh, our, uh, our country is destined for not greatness if we don't turn this around. So, uh, how much proof does America need to accept that there, uh, we're sold an image of a sweet ice cream eating gentleman. And what we got was a nasty old man. Uh, let's look at, look back at some of Joe Biden's most unkind comments to reporters all in the first year of his presidency. No, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said. Do you think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally? If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah. No, you can't. I'm not much you get in front of the car if I step on it. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm Yeah, you know, it, uh, it's real presidential, and the president says, uh, you can't ask about that unless you stand in front of the car while I step on it. 
Um, just doesn't seem very presidential. And you know what? Uh, we can we could play back lots of nasty grams to the uh, to the reporters from Trump. But you know, Trump was was fully engaged in what they were talking about. No matter what they asked, he had an answer for it. And when when he snapped back at the uh, at the the press was, hey, you guys are are creating this. This is what's going on, and and you guys are creating this false narrative. You know, hey, you guys are fake news. You don't get to do that. Hey, you guys are being disrespectful. You don't get to do that. Um, and you know, when Trump was doing it, it was after being attacked by the press, not just ask questions that the American people want to know. And I'm also an advocate of the American people don't need to know everything. No, I don't need to know. I don't need to know what the military is planning to do uh, specifically in response to attacking uh, some killer or one of our enemies, because if I'm hearing it, so is our enemy. But there's certain things that America wants to know and it deserves to know. Like, uh, are you competent? Are you getting us into war? Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode for the first half of the of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and I'll be back with part two. Back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Planet Home Landing. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and financing on the radio because if you're not in the market, it might be boring. But a lot of you guys are in the market. You don't even realize it. Um, so if you if you think you might, maybe could be, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free area code 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Planet Home Landing logo and do the cyber thing. Put in as much information as you want. Tell me how much information you want back. Hey, uh, if you got comments on the on the show, email me to ed at edhoffman.net. Um, and if and that and that's for comments on the show. If you have uh, comments on the show, if you have something about the about my book, uh, Experience Matters. Here's mine. Um, if you want to get in touch with me for uh, for real estate and financing. Call me at 855-640-2020 or use the contact page on uh, edhoffman.net, Planet Home Lending logo. Uh, click on that. Um, that way it gets to me faster because I've got my production assistant, Brooke, screening, screening those uh, emails and forwarding them over to me. And sometimes I may not get them for a couple hours later. So anyway, um, before the break, we were talking about... Uh, Everything that is Biden, everything that is lies. When do you know that Biden's lying? When his lips are moving, um, or especially if he uh, happens to be asleep and he's still talking. Um, you can basically uh, just assume that it's all BS, um, just like the election was last year. So anyway, let's talk about the optics going on in this country uh, in regards to Ukraine. So speaking of ice cream, Biden returned to the tried and true practice of reminding us of how much he likes it. Like every other American. So he's so unique. So unique. Hey, you know what? I like ice cream. Yeah, I do. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go get some. 
And uh, somehow that's supposed to make us like him better. Makes me think of a uh, a line from uh, No Country for Old Men. Oh, we sh- he's just here. We should put out an APB. Uh, yeah, we should put out APB. Uh, looking for someone who has recently drunk milk. So maybe we should uh, uh, just like him because he's so unique. He just ate ice cream. Mmm. And, of course, uh, another movie clip I could think of here is uh, in The Contender when the uh, when uh, President uh, Jackson, which is uh, Jeff Bridges, says, hey, you can get anything day or night, 24 hours a day, and he keeps calling the kitchen, hey, let me have some Kung Pao chicken only uh, with walnuts instead of uh, peanuts. And he keeps, you know, almost every scene in that, mo- in that movie with Jeff Bridges, he's eating. So my assumption would be is that in the White House, there's 31 flavors available for him. Whatever, whatever kind of ice cream Biden likes, they've got plenty of it. But, you know, uh, amid the escalating conflict between Russia and Ukraine, Biden has, uh, that Biden has essentially thrown America into, he paid a visit on Tuesday to Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams in D.C. And the White House Communications Office thought it would be a great idea to tweet a photo. After all, who cares about optics? So they tweeted out a photo of uh, Biden with his mask on in front of uh, uh, three employees with their mask on in front of the ice cream counter. If it's above freezing, then it's ice cream weather. That is so adorable. It just, just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy to see our president doing that. You know, uh, if that reminds me of something we heard last week on the show. Um, Biden, uh, Biden saying this. Part of the problem is, as well, I have not been out in the community nearly enough. I've been here an awful lot. I find myself in a situation where uh, um, I don't get a chance to look people in the eye because of both COVID and things that are happening in Washington. Well, you know, when I hear him say that, he hasn't been out in the community well uh, nearly nearly enough, and that's why he didn't accomplish more. When I hear that, I think of uh, Trump flying to another state to announce that uh, that all these people that were about to lose their job um, with um, the heating and air conditioning company, um, which was I don't remember the name of it, um, that was about to close their close their factory and move to Mexico, um, to announce, hey, we made a deal with these people, so they'll keep the jobs here in in the United States. And, uh, you know, he gets a chance to talk to these people and, and have them say, oh, Mr. President, I so appreciate what you're doing for us because, you know, I've been here for 20 years and I didn't want to lose the uh, lose my job at Carrier. So, uh, so you know, you guys made a, made a deal with Carrier to cut some of their taxes and some of their regulations so there was no incentive for them to take it to Mexico. And, uh, you know, that's being out in the community. Or, uh, you know, going out and meeting people at rallies and talking to people and uh, actually telling people the truth about what's going on, what you're thinking. You know, one thing about Trump, doesn't matter if you liked what he said or how he said it or that he put out tweets all the time. Doesn't matter. You knew where Trump stood. You knew it. You knew that he was for America first. He was he was listening when people talked to him. He knew he was listening to them, tell them their concerns. And he took that into account. One more reason why uh, Biden is just so tone deaf. Just a few days before Biden made this questionable remark that sounded alarm bells around the globe. The term that caused the panic was minor incursion, was viewed by some as Biden giving Russia a green light to invade. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion. 
incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, et cetera. Yeah, I think uh, Biden was giving himself an out. You know, that's an insurance policy. You know, my, my, in uh, my sophomore year of high school, I played water polo. And my water polo coach used to say, hey, you know what? When you guys come in and say, oh, uh, coach, I didn't sleep very much last night because I had a th- stomach ache. He goes, he goes, that's an insurance policy. He said, that means, that means, hey, if I if I miss a play and I don't do my job out in the pool uh, in the game today, you know, I have an insurance policy that, oh, well, I had a stomach ache and I didn't get very much sleep last night. Or, hey, my, my, leg, my leg hurts. I sprained my ankle. Okay, well, that's an insurance policy. So he said, you know, if you've got those insurance policies, just don't. Just don't play. Just don't come into the game. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear your insurance policies. So that's basically what what Biden just did. Hey, this is an insurance policy. Well, if it's a minor incursion, we don't want to have to argue about what we should do and you know, maybe wait a month and before we do anything. Hey, when the when the uh when the uh the consulate in Libya at Benghazi um calls and says, Hey, we need some security, we don't want to have to argue about it for a couple of months. Well, they keep asking for security and says we're in danger here because we don't have enough security. We don't want to have to worry about it, you know. And when uh, the attack starts on on uh, on September 11, 2012, when the attack starts and the White House knows about it within 11 minutes, we don't want to have to think about it for you know over 13 hours while we're watching people die. We don't want to have to think about well, you know, we have a plane that's uh, 30 minutes away. We could we could send over there to scare the crap out of them, or we could send some people over there as reinforcements to to back off the terrorists that are attacking our consulate and our people. We don't want to have to worry, think about all that stuff and argue over what should we do. There shouldn't be a question. When one of our people is in trouble, you send, send, uh, you send help. You send the military. When, uh, when, a, when a guy breaks the law, you arrest him. When someone comes into your store and when you see some, if you're a security guard at a store in New York and someone comes in and just fills up their bags and walks out. You grab them. You know it would seem. You know it would seem uh, like the smartest thing when I think about all these these people at stores. I'm getting off. I'm getting off topic a little bit. Why don't they just do the Costco thing and the Sam's Club thing? Put a security guard at the end and make them check receipts before anybody leaves. That would be easy. Then you don't have to feel like you're attacking someone. Hey, before you walk out. Let me see what you got. Let me see if you've got a receipt for it. That would seem easy. Oh, but I digress. You know, this is the issue with me. I got bullet points to talk about, and it makes me think. So uh, this uh, minor incursion comment, this prompted Ukrainian President Zelensky to send out this tweet. We want to remind the great powers that there are no minor incursions in small nations, just as there is no minor casualties and little grief from the loss of loved ones. I say this as the president of a great power. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to go off topic a little bit again here. This, you know, when you he says, "Hey, there's there's no little grief when people die." So, you know, hey, a minor incursion if when you're when someone invades a small country, people are dying. And I think about the uh the funeral that was uh we're broadcast we're recording on Friday and this morning I was watching the funeral for for uh officer Jason Rivera. And uh, his partner, Wilbur, well, for Jason Rivera, when him and his partner, Wilbert Mora, uh, got ambushed in, uh, in Harlem uh, last week. And, uh, and, the, uh, and the pain, you know, listening to his brother talk and listening to his, uh, his newlywed wife talk, who they've been, they've been uh, 
uh, they've known each other since elementary school. So they're childhood sweethearts and, uh, and just lost, just lost her husband. You know what? When somebody dies, this is a big thing, especially when it's a, when it's, you know, and this is the other thing is there's a career criminal there that's has a rap sheet a long ways, but we let him out because we're so concerned about victims or uh, criminals rights. Well, you know, he shouldn't lose his right to have a life. Yes, he should. If you break the law, you should be in jail. And if we have to, if we're overcrowded the jails, we should build more jails. It's not about protecting the the uh, the rights and the and the uh, uh, you know the the rights the rights of the of the people who who don't obey the laws. It's about protecting everybody else's rights. We should have the right to go fill up our tank at a gas station at night and not have to be worried about be carja- being carjacked. We should have you should have the we should have the right to uh, to uh, you know walk down the street without worrying about a stray bullet uh, hitting one of our kids. We should have the right to live a peaceful life and uh, and pursue our own happiness without having to worry about the people who we know are bad seeds being let out let out of into society and having to worry about encountering one of them and dying. And incidentally, one one good side that I don't know if you've seen in the news, uh, Jason Rivera's partner Wilbert Mora, who had a uh, had a, a, a donation uh, sticker on his driver's license, uh, his he's the, his uh, organs saved five people's lives. That's a good good thing. So if you don't have a donor sticker on your driver's license, think about that. Uh, you know whether you're being cremated or or uh, or buried after you die. Um, it's not going to matter if you've got good organs in your body that could save other people's lives. So don't be selfish and check that when you renew your driver's license. So after this tweet, the White House quickly played. Let's get him back to the tweet that President Zelensky from Ukraine that reminded him that there's that there's no minor incursions, there's no minor casualties, and little grief. The White House quickly played cleanup with Biden giving these clarifying remarks that seemed to say. That we would not all, we that we would be imposing economic sanctions on on Russia, not sending troops. Well, let me start by first saying a few words about Russia and Ukraine. Uh, I've been absolutely clear with President Putin. He has no misunderstanding. If any any assembled Russian units move across the Ukrainian border, that is an invasion. And it will be met with severe and coordinated economic response that I've discussed in detail with our allies, as well as laid out very clearly for President Putin. A severe and coordinated economic response. He's such a badass. You know, hey, if you guys go in and kill some people, we're going to lower the limit on your credit card. We're going to we're going to turn off your checking account so you're going to have to deal in cash and go buy buy money orders. We're going to do severe and coordinated economic response. He's so tough. Nobody's worried about dying. We're just going to have to think about how we how we apologize before they turn off the economic responses. Then Monday, the Pentagon announced it was uh, placing 8,500 troops on heightened preparedness to deploy to Eastern Europe in case NATO activates its rapid response force over the conflict. 8,500 troops, and yet Biden continues to say there will be no U.S. troops going to Ukraine. When did he say it? Um, after ice cream at Jenny's on Tuesday, the president went over, went next door to a shop called Honeymade and bought a Kamala Harris coffee mug. Isn't that adorable? You bought a coffee mug with Kamala Harris's face on it. That just that just makes me feel some more warm and fuzzy. Just like knowing that, hey, if it's over freezing, it's ice cream weather. 
What a dork. <clears throat> it was there that, with a T-shirt bearing the face of the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg behind him, Biden confused everyone all over again. What would it take to trigger the deployment of the 8,500 troops that you've put on high alert? And what's your message to those, those forces that are on high alert? Those forces on high alert are they're part of a NATO operation, not a sole U.S. operation. And I've made it clear to uh, President Putin that we would be we have a, we have a sacred obligation, Article 5 obligation to our NATO allies. And that if, in fact, he continued the buildup and or was to move, we would be... Uh, re reinforcing those those troops, uh, and I've spoken with every one of our NATO allies in person, or not person, virtually, and we're all on the same page. We've got to make it clear that uh, um, that there's no reason for anyone, any member of NATO, to worry whether or not we would, we NATO, would come to their defense. And Mr. President, what about? Thank you, guys. Can you, may I ask you about what, what, when you'll make a decision about deploying those troops? What will well, lead it to depends. that? What would lead to that is what's going to happen, what Putin does or doesn't do. And uh, I may be moving some of those troops in the nearer term, just because it takes time. And uh, and again, it's not it's not provocative. It's just exactly what I said. There will be enormous consequences. If he were to go in and invade, as he could, the entire country, he, there is not going to be any American forces moving into Ukraine. When we were Thank you, There's not going to be any American troops moving into Ukraine. Mm, this just sounds like a, a limp noodle going on. Sen apparently sending troops... Uh, to support a NATO operation is different than a U.S. operation. American troops on the ground is not just our, mil our military guys actually being in uniform, fully armed, fully uh, geared up, being in Ukraine. That's not troops on the ground if we're just supporting a NATO operation. So uh, we're not going over there. You know what? Hey, you know what? We're, we're not being provocative. You know what? If a real president, and I'll tell you, I haven't spent 40-some years in the Senate. I haven't spent eight years as vice president. And then uh, another uh, year and a half sitting in my basement talking to a Zoom camera and then uh, campaigning and then uh, having the, the the media protect me and then a year of, uh, of spending 28% of my time at, at uh, my... Uh, my uh, beach house or my house in Delaware hiding from the hiding from the troops. You know, and I don't have all that experience, but I would say if you really want to, uh, to, to be effective, you send those troops over there and line them up. Well, we're sending there cause it takes so long to get there. Why don't you send those troops to not be a provocative to say, Hey, you guys come in, we're going to, we're going to blast you out of existence. That's what's called a deterrent. Well, you know what? We just want to make sure that they know that their credit cards are being uh, are being turned off if if they do this. You know, that's not quite as intimidating as uh, you know getting a bullet in the head or you know getting exploded with a mother of all bombs uh, thing coming down and exploding the tanks and all the and all the troops. Not quite as not quite as intimidating as that. Well, you know what? We're not sending our troops on the ground. Let's make it clear. Let's tell Putin. You know, I told all our NATO allies that we were going to be there. Well, in person. Well, not in person, but virtually. Does that mean you send them an email, you text them, or you sat on a Zoom call? Not really sure what, what exactly that means, but virtually he told them. 
do you feel proud to be an American with this uh, with this moron in the White House? I'm still proud to be an American, but I would be embarrassed to go overseas and have someone go, how did you elect that guy? I don't know. I didn't. So anyway, uh, let's talk about the Supreme Court vacancy coming up because um, it just amazes me that this kind of stuff happens. With Justice Stephen Breyer's announcement that he plans to retire this summer, Joe Biden is about to get his first and maybe only Supreme Court pick of his presidency, being that the next oldest guy is uh, is uh, is Thomas, and uh, and I don't think uh, Justice Thomas would retire with a moron like that in the White House. And he still seems to be—I don't know how old how old uh, he is—but uh, um, he still seems to have all his faculties. Thinks very straight, very conservative. Chuck Schumer, knowing there's a chance that he may no longer be the majority leader if Republicans take back the majority this November, has reportedly stated that Democrats plan to whisk Biden's nominee through a quick confirmation that will last no longer than a month, as the Republicans did with uh, Trump's nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. So who will this nominee be? We know for sure it'll be a black woman because Biden said so two years ago in the primary debates, and he reiterated this on Thursday with Justice Breyer at his side. Number one, I committed that if I'm elected president, have an opportunity to appoint someone to the courts, will be a, I'll appoint the first black woman to the courts. It's required that they have representation now. It's long overdue. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. You know what? When we think about someone who's going to be on the Supreme Court, one of nine people that are going to rule on on how laws are interpreted uh, based on the Constitution, we think we should have the most competent people, regardless of what they look like. I don't care if they have gray hair, they're bald, they got black hair, or uh, or blonde hair. Doesn't matter to me. You know what? Uh, it doesn't matter to me if they're male or female. It doesn't matter to me if they're black or white. Can you imagine? If uh, if Trump was to say, or if any president was to say, say, uh, hey, you know what, my nominee, I don't know who my nominee is, but there's going to be somebody intelligent, competent, and with great character, and it's going to be a white male. How would that not be discrimination? How would that not be racist? How would that not be sexist? But you know, when it's a black female, all you know, all that, all that normal, uh, normal, uh, logically thinking. Logically thinking brains, they all turn off. Maybe because the Republicans are too wussy to to stand up and make noise, or maybe the media just won't put it on the put it on TV. There's a long list of possible appointees, more mostly circuit judge, circuit court judges who have already been through confirmation hearings, which would make it faster to get them confirmed for the Supreme Court. But just minutes after the news of Breyer's retirement was leaked to the media, one interesting theory emerged. It's the idea that Biden might appoint Kamala Harris, which would then clear the way for him to get a more likable VP by his side before he starts campaigning for re-election. He's not running for re-election. Some think it's a possibility, some don't, but regardless, people are talking about it. To the discussion about the Vice President Kamala Harris being that nominee, that we've got a 50-50 Senate, the Vice President is the only person who can break a tie. So if in this wild world where she is the nominee and there's a 50-50 Senate, uh, there's there's a chance, I suppose, in theory anyway, that she would have to uh, break the tie in her own confirmation. But we are leagues away from something <laughs> like that, guys. I don't think there's a prayer that 
Vice President Harris will be nominated to the Supreme Court because you couldn't put her on the court without Biden effectively losing control of the Senate. Because what would happen is you'd have to get a new vice president confirmed, which means it would be up to Mitch McConnell when that happened, you know, when the, when you would vote for a new vice president. And why would McConnell help Biden get back to 51 in the Senate? Mm -hmm. Doesn't make any sense to me. It's not really a theory. I, I just like to talk about everything. And she fits those categories that some pressure is now being put on by lawmakers who are putting out their statements about what they want Biden to do right now. Woman, black and younger. If it's somebody uh, that, like I said, the Joe Manchins can get along, uh, the more moderates can say, I can vote with this person for this person without hesitation. And it doesn't turn into uh, Vice President Kamala Harris being the tie vote if she's not the nominee. <laughs> yeah, of course, whenever you talk about we're going to put a woman of color on there, whenever you whenever you hear that hear that, whose name pops into your head other than Kamala Harris. So, Jen Saki responded to Peter Ducey's uh, question about this with a uh, normal not answering the question kind of response. Go ahead. Thank you. When you were asked about the vice president possibly being selected as a Supreme Court nominee, you said you're not going to speak to any considerations. Does that mean she is being considered? Uh, again, Peter, I'm not going to speak to uh, the reports of a Supreme Court justice retirement that hasn't been announced. So theoretically, would someone who's... Theoretically? I do like that you preface it. I appreciate just, that. Just wondering, hypothetically, theoretically, uh, would someone who was an attorney general of a large state and who served with many key Senate votes be an attractive candidate to the president for an open Supreme Court seat. I see what you did there, Peter. But uh, the president has every intention, uh, as he said before, of running free of re-election and for running for re-election with uh, Vice President Harris on the ticket as his partner. Uh, but again, I will just reiterate uh, that uh, I have nothing more to offer in terms of specifics or information on the reports this morning. Yep. Uh, when she says every intention, that's like saying with all due respect before you just... Uh, obliterate somebody verbally uh, in any in any situation. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, my name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week.